From American Salon Magazine and .com, I'm Gordon Miller, and this is American Salon Stories, our weekly podcast featuring some of the most interesting people we know. We have a really special guest today, someone I refer to as beauty royalty. She is one of the most renowned editorial stylists, platform artists, and educators ever in our industry. She's a producer and director of the documentary film series, I'm Not Just a Hairdresser. She's also a John Maxwell certified coach and keynote speaker, the former fashion director of Intercoiffure North America, a five-time winner of the North American Hairstyling Awards, better known as NAHA, recipient of the Elite NAHA Lifetime Achievement Award. It doesn't get any bigger than that. And she's also the founder of HairDesignerTV.com. Welcome to the American Salon Podcast, our friend Vivian McKinder. Good morning, and thank you for allowing me to share this moment with you, Gordon. Well, I'm, I'm any moment I have with you is, is always special, Viv. Um, you're one of the smartest people I know in the industry. You're also one of the funniest people, no pressure, but you're also one of the best storytellers and uh, have a great sense of humor, and I'm excited to kick off my morning with you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start by asking you to kind of catch us up on what are you up to these days? You have so much going on in your life. And so give us a, the Vivian McKinder update. Gosh, there is a lot going on. You know, Gordon, I keep thinking at this point in my career, surely I should be slowing down. And actually, it's it's revving up even faster. So lots of exciting things. Um, first of all, with Hair Designer TV, as you know, I started it when uh, phone was a phone and it was attached to the wall and we did dial up and it's been the most fascinating journey of uh, falling on my face, standing up and discovering this whole educational platform, which now I think we kind of consider the norm. So anyway, after all the years of working on it, I am about to launch a designer program, which is geared to new hire, to young stylists, and it is an ultimate training system to get you from school to being a very competent stylist with a nine-month program. And it covers everything from soft skills, communication, face shape, the three wheels of fashion. And it deals with all of the soft stuff because that's the connecting stuff, whether it be through your your visual uh, sensibilities or whether it be through your communication and then of course the actual technical skills so I'm super excited about it we're actually running a focus group on it uh, starting next week and it's really exciting because it's taken a long long time to figure out the connection you have one-to-one the connection that you have in a group, and then the connection that you need to develop from an online platform. And I know that everyone shops everywhere looking for goodies and quick techniques, whether it be Instagram or YouTube or some of the other really good online learning platforms. So this for me has been a real purge into the what, the why, the how. So I'm super excited about that. So consequently, doing lesson plans and designing <laughs> Every single lesson has been monumental. So that's been one little snippet of my life. Um, I've been doing a lot of photo shoots for different companies and working on their uh, branding and rebranding them. Uh, so that's been super exciting. And uh, I just uh, signed a, an amazing contract with Joyco to be a guest artist for them for this next year. And uh, today we're actually working on a new collection idea and brainstorming for uh, a whole new collection for 2018. So lots and lots of really interesting things happening. And uh, as always, I have an amazing husband who supports me and an awesome horse. <laughs> And I love your husband, I have to say. I haven't seen him in a while, but um, brilliant husband, if, if I do say. Yes, he's cool. <laughs> so let's go back and talk first, and congrats on Joyco. I, I heard that news, was so excited for you and even more for them. Um, but let's talk a little bit about that program that you've worked on with Hair Designer TV. First off, um, and I've said this to you privately, you, you know, you were such a pioneer. Um, you really were the first to be doing anything of, of heft online and you were way ahead of the curve and you've, you've always been 
in there doing the work and um, a, a true leader. And now I'm just so excited to hear where you're moving it to because I have long seen that category that you're talking about, that kind of school to work, that transition period, that first year to two years as unquestionably the highest area of risk for someone who's come into the industry. And I think everybody comes in with good intentions, that they have a dream, they want to succeed. And sometimes, you know, life gets in the way. And certainly, um, lack of knowledge often gets in the way. And your whole idea of taking this area and and doing something special with it, that excites me. Yeah. And you know what I realized? And and there has to be a system to learning because if you throw yourself into IE, you see some cool thing, say on Instagram, and it, it appears effortless. And it's a one minute video that maybe took an hour to do. It, it's an illusion because it's not real, obviously. And when a master does it so well, you think, oh, I can go and do that. So then you try to do it and you watch the one minute video 15 times, which means it really should have been a 15 minute video um, so that you could have learned more from it. And then you realize, oh, my gosh, that's not so easy. But before doing that particular technique, there were baby steps. And the baby steps are very important parts to the success of the final product. And when you eliminate those ladders, those steps on the ladder, you make life very difficult for yourself and you set yourself up to fail. Mm -hmm. So in, in systemizing things, I think it's really important. And, you know, I, I know from so many salon owners and people who go off to be an independent uh, stylist that the the dream and the reality are very, very different. Uh, building that clientele, being relevant, uh, being self-motivated, staying inspired, continuing to learn. These are all things that are the must do, not the nice to do. And when you uh, don't have that support system and you don't have a high level of training around you, it's easy to slip and slide and then become demotivated. And in presenting this program to young stylists and experienced stylists, I've had experienced stylists say to me, Viv, you're teaching things we never learned at school. I want to learn this. I had somebody fly all the way from New Zealand, beautiful Kathy Davis, came in to do a, a private training with me. I showed her the system and she's, oh my gosh, she said, I'm going to go through it. Well, she's been in the business 40 years. So no matter where you are on your journey, there's always a great learn, isn't there? And, you know, when I left college, bear in mind, I went to the London College of Fashion for two years and I was training to be a hairdresser for film or theatre. And I had this fantasy about what my life could be behind the scenes. And the reality was that I wasn't equipped for it, even though I did two years of college. So then when I had a job offer from Vidal Sassoon's, because I went and did a course there and they recognized me and they said, Viv, would you like to come back and be work for us? I went, oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'll do the Sassoon thing and then I'll get my confidence up and then I'll go back into the, the film theatrical world, which is where I really want to live. My fantasy about it and my reality kept knocking me on the head every single day. Well, I was fortunate because I had a great foundational training. I had a great system behind me and I had Sassoon's behind me. So I was very, very blessed to dance in both worlds. And so when I started to think about what does the hairdresser need today, I thought, right, if you can't connect with your guest, then you've lost it all, haven't you? So connecting skills today are critical. And I was trained to move hair before you remove hair. So dexterity skills of setting hair, blow drying hair, backcombing hair, pinning hair, putting hair up, putting it down, moving hair around, doing that first. And then the secondary thing being the cutting. So I've designed my system very similar to the how I was trained at the London College of Fashion, how I was trained at Sassoon's, and all the lessons I've had from all the amazing hairdressers I've worked with throughout my career. And I think when you can build someone's confidence, you're halfway there. Because confidence can only come through knowledge. And confidence is, you know, it's the foundation of, of moving everything forward. And, and I love what you say about education because, and I'll connect the dots here, I think confidence is so important in learning. 
you know, if you don't have confidence, you know, you get in your own way and the learning doesn't happen as quickly. And then I, I, I love, you know, what, what you're saying about, you know, the big idea of education. I think a message for the audience is that education is a process. I, I, my early parts of my career with Pivot Point, and I learned that so deeply there that it, it is absolutely a process. And education at its best, you know, there's always the consideration of, well, what do you already know? You know, and when you can connect to prior learning, you know, if you already know the basics of cutting hair, you're going to learn more quickly how to do something more, but it's kind of like a layering effect. And I, I love, again, that you've got your eye on the process and you, you're going so deep with all this. And again, connecting back to my pivot point years, that whole idea of moving hair before removing hair, I love that phrase, um, that's so powerful. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it can be very intimidating to be put in a situation either with a very entitled client or you're running way behind and someone's asking you to do something that really needs an hour and you only have 20 minutes. Uh, the hair is being intimidating. There's so many things in hairdressing that can intimidate. And the only way you can rise through the intimidation, through the fear, is to say, okay, these are my choices. Option one will give me X. Option two will give me this. And be able to evaluate and make a very intentional decision versus an accidental decision. And when you have that sense of confidence, which, you know, I still struggle with. I, I, was, I did a photo shoot last week and it was a big project. And the photographer said this to me, and, and I think everybody else on the set was noticing the same thing. I did, I did 18 different looks in two days on an editorial shoot, which is a lot because it was major hair. And the photographer said to me, I've never seen anyone go from A to B so quickly and get a result and you don't fiddle. And I'm not saying that to impress you, but versus to impress upon you that when you have a strong technical background, you can evaluate the pros and cons and you just cut to the chase and you do it. And when you really embrace the mirror and when you use your mirror as a tool and you study the journey every step of the way, you're not like a, a tortoise with your head inside the shell. When you work that way, you go from A to B very quickly. So consequently, my value in a studio increases because I can give the client twice what they expected. They were looking for eight looks and I doubled it for them. And that's because of technique. Now, layer on top of that, the experience, the conversation, all the soft skills you talked about, because that, that again, I find very exciting that you've made that such a, a important focus of your program. Yeah, because, you know, you have to know what people want, but you also need to know what they don't want. And in the consultations that I give to my new guests, it's like you go to the doctor's office, right? And you go to the doctor's office and the first thing you do is you meet receptionist and she gives you paperwork and you think, oh, bloody hell, I'm going to fill out this form again. <laughs> what the hell is my social security number? And what's my husband's phone number for the emergency call? And you go through all that baloney, right? And then you realize you can't write anymore because you're so busy typing or using your thumbs for things. So you fill out that paperwork and then the paperwork goes into the back room and then you go to the doctor's office and the chart sits outside the door in one of those little slots. The doctor comes in, he's already read your chart, he already knows who's in that room, and he cuts straight to the chase. He knows why you're there, boom, 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 boom. So I treat my consultation like that. It's given to my guests before I see them, they fill out the paperwork, and then I review, and I find out what they want, and I find out what they don't want. And you know, there's two ways that I come find out people's values, how they spend their time, how they spend their money because time is limited and so can money be. And so therefore, when we're looking at how the choices that a client makes, it has to fit their lifestyle. It has to fit their budget. It has to fit the fashion sensibility of where they live. I design always to the face shape. Um, I always design to the body type. So by the time I am done, I have been able to, this through the written consultation, ask questions that are awkward. Like a question that's really awkward is, how young do you want your look to be? Mm. Do you want to look grown up or do you want to look, you know, more mature? And I have made girls look very young and they've said to me, well, but I want to look older. Because I, I, I need to get into that bar tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I made them look 16, not 21, right? Um, and awkward questions. How much money do you want to spend? Well, a nicer way of asking it in a written form is how important is budget to you? Somewhat important, very important, not important. So when you ask questions that are awkward in a written form and the client can ponder, what you get back is a really good evaluation of who she is and who she is not. Now, I use that when I'm doing a photo shoot. I use it for everything because I need to be sure that I'm dipping into the landscape where the client lives. And what a great tool that is for for the so many who don't have those conversations at all because they feel awkward. So knowing how important they are to kind of change the way they occur by putting them on paper, that's a great little cheat for those who may be uncomfortable dealing with some of those questions and are are missing out on opportunity because they just don't go there. Yeah. And you know, Gordon, the number one reason why someone leaves a salon is because they're looking for something new. Mm -hmm. So if the stylist doesn't ask the question, And we're all guilty of playing it safe and safe is comfortable, but sometimes you just got to get uncomfortable. And, you know, when something is in a situation where you know that that client's ready for something new and your time doesn't allow for it, you've got choices to make. Either we groom today and the next time book at the end of my day or, you know, rebook that person for another time when you can actually honor who they are and do the right thing. So, you know, certain hairstyles take a lot longer. So when... Does this program launch and how can people find out more information about it? Um, Well, it is actually going to launch uh, the weekend of the North American Hedgesing Awards. So that is in July. Uh, We're doing a soft launch right now. And if you have some members uh, that would like to be part of our focus group, they can reach out to us and we can sign them up for part of our focus group, which is uh, every week we're going through the the program and we do biweekly calls to find out how people are doing. And and I just won't really really want to uh, feel how it is from the user's perspective, which is what it's all about. And uh, Mike, I, I just want to make awesome hairdressers. I want, I want, I'm so passionate about our craft and how we can so change how someone feels about themselves from the inside to the outside. And it's so easy to get complacent and fall in love with our own press when the clients say we're brilliant and we're lovely and thank you, thank you. But we've always got to keep stretching ourselves. So, you know, I just want to see the the bar be taken to a whole nother level. So that is such a great segue into your film series. I'm not just a hairdresser. It's, it's there's a few things that I love more than than what you've done when it comes to the documentation of the history of this industry. It's it's quite special and it's a powerful message and there's so many brilliant stories in it. And so, A, I want you to just tell us a little bit about the bigger idea. And then I'm going to ask you to share some of those stories. Well, when I started off with the film series, which is quite some time ago, actually, um, the first person I approached was Fidel Sassoon. And I was very nervous that he would say no to me. Um, you know, it had been a long time since I'd left Fidel Sassoon's organization. And um, I reached out to him and uh, asked him whether he would be in a documentary, which was to to really promote the craft to change the consumer's perception of hairdressing and to also preserve uh, and protect our legacy of some of the iconic hairdressers. And I was very brave because, or, or naive, probably, but, <laughs> or stupid, actually. Brave. Um, I, I went out there and as an independent person, I reached out to these iconic hairdressers and for the most part, they were attached to a product company. Well, you know, usually you don't put the product companies all together in one little package because they like to obviously have their own um, identity, their own branding and be separate from each other. Well, I brought them all together and I realized as I was bringing, you know, some of these iconic horse with a Vader, Anthony. Muscola, which, you know, with the TG line. And as I'm bringing all of these incredible people together, I'm mixing in the whole thing up. But my big message was tell your story about your journey, your struggles, your challenges, your questioning, times when you were lost, time when you had victories. Could you handle your success or did you crash after your success? How did you handle situations when the door slammed in your face? So I wanted those stories to be told because every single person listening to me right now has had a high and a low. And it's what you do at both ends of that scale. 
And it's easy to cruise in the middle and not ruffle the water too much. But what you do at the highest point and the lowest point is going to determine where you end up in your life. So that was the motivation for telling the story. And they're timeless pieces because they're biographical. Well, and big picture industry, you know, a lot of us know that studies have shown that one of the biggest blocks to moving a career forward is honestly low self-esteem. We are an industry that that is really challenged with self-esteem. And this is so brilliant in opening people's eyes to their own potential, to the traditions of the industry, that it's an honorable profession, it's an important profession, it makes a difference in so many people's lives. And these people that you interview, you know, just share their stories in such a way that they can only help remove some of those blocks on, on anybody who's watching it. I, I think every hairdresser and every young person coming into the industry should be watching every one of these videos in your series. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. And having watched them so many times, I still get something out of it because you hear what is relevant today and you could listen to that film two years ago and you weren't at the place you are today and you'll hear it differently. And I think that one of the big things that's so important and you see it more in Europe than you see here is the importance of assisting. Because if you have a question in your career about, do I want to go somewhere else in my career? The number one thing you need to do is go and assist someone who's doing it because they, by shadowing them, you will see how they handle their challenges. You will see how hard they work. You'll, you'll see all of those things. And then you can say to yourself, do I want to work that hard? Do I want to be able, do I want to deal with some of the things this person's just dealt with? Like, you know, Fashion Week, for example. Um, I, I have a, a, a love-hate relationship with fashion. Having done it in London, in Paris, and in New York, I know how hard work it's so much hard work. And I have such respect for the big guys who do numerous shows every season because their their strength and their tenacity, it's like doing P90X for hairdressing. And when I do the shows, like the last one we did was in the middle of a blizzard here in New York from Alain Breton. And we were at uh, Madison Square Gardens. The blizzard was going so crazy. We have 50 models three hours to do 50 models. And I had a crew of hairdressers working with me. And miraculously, even though I was doing hair with the girls standing, ready to walk on the stage, I was still doing hair backstage. Miraculously, we, we got through it. And I always say to myself, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and I take like several days to recover. But the genius of it is, it's so amazing to work with a fashion designer. It's so exciting to see beautiful shapes and beautiful silhouettes. And, and it's just a very exciting experience, but it's just exhausting, especially if you're doing real hair. I mean, you know, not just hair hanging down, but real hair. So there you go. <laughs> well, I think, you know, interesting on the, the point on assisting, I think a lot of people do get blocked in America because there are so few opportunities to assist. And so, I, you know, to me, it's always also the idea of mentorship can kind of be connected to this bigger idea of assisting. Because if, if you're in a salon and you're trying to move yourself forward and you don't have the traditional assisting opportunity, um, I would think there's opportunities to find mentors, to, as you say, shadow people, to find, to come in early, to stay late, to, to create relationships with people who can help take you to the next level, perhaps in a, in a different way than the tradition of assisting. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the, the genius of social media is authentic connecting, not the fluff. I'm talking about real solid connections, because today, when you go to Instagram and you're following somebody's work there and you admire their work, and then you go to connect with them, which is not a hard thing to do, to reach out and connect. You need to be able to reach out to that person and just clearly say to them how much you admire their work, how much you would love the opportunity to just shadow them for a day. And you just keep hounding them until you get a response. And then, you know, I say, I'm sorry if I'm stalking you, but I admire your work so much. Is there any chance I can come and assist you for anything? You know, no pay. I'll sweep the hair. Or I'll make you coffee. I'll carry your bags. I just want to just want to observe you. And, you know, you just keep doing that. And if the door keeps closing, then obviously it's not meant to be. But I, my, the, 
my art team member, Rosemary, when I did an event, she usually would sit in the back row of any class. And for this particular event, she decided to sit right in the front row. Something I said changed her life. And for three months, she sent me emails and said, I'd love to work with you and so on and so forth. And I just sent her a polite little note back. And then one day I thought, my God, this girl's so tenacious. She's been like hounding me for three months. And I said, you do it. Come and assist me. She came and assist me. She was a brilliant assistant. And now this is the key. She added value to my day. Mm. She didn't have pictures taken with me. She didn't do any social media stuff. She was 100% engaged with the process, anticipating the next need and adding value to the day. She was sweet. She was smiling. She was happy. She was professional. She showed up looking fantastic. I said to her, you're good. She went, oh, thank you. I said, do you want to come back again? She said, yes. And 12 years later, she's on my artistic team. I value her as a as an as a human being, as a friend, uh, just awesome, awesome. So that's an example. So just put yourself out there and start studying the quality because you know, be careful who you're mentored by. You know, I, I am like everybody else. I'm searching for new ideas. And I remember one day a few years ago, I went to YouTube and I was watching a 16 year old with a, a cutthroat razor and a, a, a like a Bic razor razoring her hair. And she had this Southern accent and she was y'all, y'all, y'all. Right? <laughs> and she's hacking into her hair, looking into the camera and she's doing a shag. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's she doing? But the end result was genius. It was this organic ripping into the hair. And I'm thinking, I just learned something from this girl. Interesting. You know, I would do it in a nicer way, but there was something raw and authentic about this girl hacking into her hair with these tools in her bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but but your bigger point too is, you know, have the ability to pick and choose what you do watch and pay attention to and take things from. Yeah, because otherwise you can actually, you'll become who you hang out with. That's yes. The so speaking of the people you hang out with, again, through your work with the documentaries, you know, so much of your success there, I think, was you were already hanging out with these people. These people um, trusted you to, to represent them well in the documentary. And I know you've got some some great stories. Um, so let's just pick one. And of course, everybody wants to hear about Vidal and you know, he's such an icon and, and um, any great Vidal story from your lifetime of connections. Well, gosh, there are, there are so many, but I, you know, the, the, the great thing about Vidal was his grace and his humbleness and his concern about everybody around him. He was inclusive and yet he was very honest and he did have extremely high standards. And when you expect the best from everybody, there's that invisible energy of manifestation that takes place. And it's like this law of attraction. So people rose, I believe, to meet his expectations. So I think probably my favorite story that he told when we were filming him, and I'd heard it several times before, was about the lady who came in who was uh, a full-figured lady, and he wanted to cut the hairstyle to co uh, complement her bone structure, but she was so full-figured, the bones weren't there. And he said, Madam, I'd like to cut your hair, but I can't do it today. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you to Weight Watchers for three months, and when you've lost the weight, then I can cut a hairstyle that's going to fit your bone structure. Now, that's brave. That's compassionate incredibly honest he recognized a problem he presented a solution and he also had the guts to say no I'm gonna I'm not gonna cut this hairstyle on you because the lady will make the hairstyle look bad and ideally the hairstyles meant to make the lady look better and let's face it we're all guilty of that mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so she went away she lost the weight um, he, he got a dress from her for her from Mary Quant and he cut her hair and then as he's finishing her hair he gets a tap on the shoulder and the gentleman says uh, thank you Mr. Vidal uh, because uh, I lost my wife but I got back my girlfriend and I just think the genius of this man realizing that he now has his beautiful original girlfriend back is just an amazing story. It is. And it, 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 again, it speaks to the audience as far as the, the power of a hairdresser to make such a big impact and difference in the lives of professionals when 
when they take their work seriously, as, as he clearly did. So, Viv, let's talk a little bit about leadership and the importance that it has in the industry. You are a John Maxwell certified coach and keynote speaker. I know you have a lot of passion around this subject. A lot of our listeners may not be familiar with John Maxwell. So, talk about what that is and also what you believe it brings to the industry. Well, leadership is everything because how you lead yourself through your life, through your choices, how you lead yourself through a hairstyle. These are all very uh, powerful decisions. And some of the, the lack of leadership causes chaos. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it's such a lack in our industry because management is a system. Leadership is an inspired vision to take people to places that they may not even think are possible. And great leadership doesn't mean that you are the owner of the salon because some owners of salons may not be a good manager and they may not be a leader. They, they have the responsibility of the salon. So there are natural born leaders, but you can learn leadership. And I think it's really important as a leader to know where you're going, why you're going there, and who you want to participate with you because greatness comes in a team. So when I looked around for leadership training, um, I had come across John Maxwell and I loved his compassion. And I loved that he was a humble man uh, with a great vision and super intelligent. And at that point, I think he'd written about 70 books or so, and he's a New York Times bestseller. And if you Google John Maxwell, you'll see how powerful um, the man is and what a brilliant writer he is. And so I had the opportunity to go to his very first certification program. I was able to go to his home and hang out with him. And it was at that time a very small situation. It's grown a lot since then. But they gave me uh, teaching skills. Um, I was coached and mentored uh, for a year by his top people in presentation skills and, and all sorts of different aspects of leadership. And so it's been an amazing journey. It changed how I organize my day. It changed how I interact with people. It changed how I navigate through a hairstyle. And the one that I focus on is the 21 Laws of Leadership, uh, which is on my website. And um, it's just an amazing system of common sense. But it's a really wonderful way to put first things first. And actually, the first is called uh, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And the very first law is the law of the lid. And what it looks at is where is your lid? And if your lid is at a five, you can never grow your business to a 10. So in order to grow your business to a 10, you have to open your lid and look at what's pressing down on it and start to navigate through that to raise your business. So many, many times, I think when there's a mass walkout in a salon, there are people hurting and frustrated and not happy in the lower levels. And that one person has the guts to go off there and do something. And because of the breakdown of the management and the leadership, Instead of recognizing we have a challenge here, let's let's shift our people around, let's redirect them, let's find out how to how to empower them, let's find out what the blocks are, the people leave, and then they become your competition. And while leaving is an organic part of our business, there's much that can be stopped when somebody feels cared for, that they are helped, and that there is trust. And those to me are the, the pillars of great leadership. I love that when you started talking about this, you made some comments about leading yourself and applying it to yourself. And you talked about what you've gained from this. And so for those who are living a professional life as independents, you know, whether it's renting, whether it's in a suite, or those who perhaps are in a salon, a traditional salon, and perhaps are in a situation where they don't feel there is leadership and maybe they don't feel empowered to change that. Talk a little bit about this, these ideas as it relates to the self? Well, I think, first of all, you've got to start at the very beginning of you've got to design your lifestyle first, and then you have to back your career into it. Because you have to know what kind of income, what kind of material things you want around you. Do you want one car, two cars, five cars? Do you want a big home, a small home? Do you want to own? Do you want a family? Do you want to live in the suburbs? Do you want to live in a major city? Do you want to have the salon as your anchor, but you want to do things outside of the salon? Do you want to work a three-day week? Do you want to fight work a seven-day week? What What is your lifestyle? Because you have to know what the prize is and then reverse engineer backwards. 
And if it is a career, then it's your life. It's your life's, it's your, it it is your life because you're going to spend more time working than ever with your family. And if you love what you're doing, then it's not a sacrifice. If you don't like what you're doing, then it's miserable. Um, And how many of us know people who are just not happy in their jobs? So it's our responsibility to find what we love, what we're destined to do, and um, what we're, what, what's going to be our financial engine around that? So when you get these pieces in, in, in order, like design your lifestyle first, reverse your career into it, now you're going to know, okay, now how am I going to lead myself within that? And when you look at that process, and I always say if anyone's going through the 21 laws of leadership, they should find a partner and they should do it not alone, but to get with somebody else because it will change your relationships. It'll change how you raise your children. It'll change how you run your business. It'll change how you communicate with your clients because it's it's just such a wonderful process of looking at things in a very, very deep, meaningful way that creates change. So the interaction and the sharing with somebody else is a very, very important part of it. And yes, it's, it's life-changing. And um, it, it's something where... In some ways, I can hear my grandmother saying common sense things to me and my dad saying common sense things to me, but common sense seems to have gone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it may have just been your grandmother and your dad who ever had it. I'm not sure how much common sense was ever in the world. So what you said was was so important and, and such a, a huge idea because I think we all know people who I think I think most people you know they choose a quote unquote career they choose a job or a way to make a living and then all the things that you said were important figuring out how you wanted to live your life and what you want in your life they tend to come at the end of that in other words I'm making so much money and now I'm going to make a plan instead of starting with what's important. And it's such a it's such a big idea. So, where exactly can people go to find the twenty one rules? Uh, well, the twenty one laws. Obviously, you can buy the book from John Maxwell. There's the audio that you can buy from him um, on Hair Designer TV for our five star members. We have the the program there. And what I did was I took it and I and I interpreted it into the hairdressing world. So I had wonderful iconic people who were my guests, and we had discussions, and we also had call ins from guests. So. Um, you know, Frank Gambuso, who's now the president of Intercoiffure, a man I greatly respect. He's one of our guests on there. Uh, Wayne Claybar, the, the founder of the Paul Mitchell Schools, he's one of our guests on there. So we've got some really amazing guests who give their insights to each law and each principle. And that's really pretty, uh, pretty amazing. So that's where it's, it can be found. So that is a, a, a really great reason to go to hairdesignertv.com. Um, I encourage everybody to be there anyway, because you've got so much great stuff to share, but but this was a really big idea. So so thank you for that. It reminds me a little bit, um, you talked about how you started and we talked earlier about you know what a visionary you have been in the digital space. And the early days of dial-up, I was one of those, I was a guest on your, on your original show. We did a, an audio interview. I remember being in a hotel in New York desperately trying to get the dial up to work to call in and talk to you on hair designer tv so much has changed yes so much has changed but you know what the fundamentals haven't changed integrity high quality of work relevance skill compassion gratitude those core values haven't changed they may be dished up in different orders um One of the things that I know about having an online business that is membership, which means it's paid, I have a responsibility to produce the best quality product I can for my paid members. I have no advertising, no distractions. And when you have free, sometimes free can be amazing and sometimes free is not so good. But with free, there's no responsibility because at the end of the day, if the product isn't five star, you can say, well, it was free. What do you expect? And there's always a catch with free. And um, of course, people have to promote. People have, um, we're in business. And so, you know, that's a very, very important thing to do. But I chose the path, which is the hardest path and the slowest path, but I've stuck to it and um, getting better at what I do. 
um, and constantly reinventing myself, which is absolutely critical. And for those who may struggle a little bit with the idea of paying for anything online, uh, other than perhaps a pair of shoes, which everybody seems to understand that, uh, Amazon, um, but for those who struggle with the idea of paying for something, because there's so much for free, you know, I always think about again, our own industry and the history of our industry. And if you go, you know, we haven't been around that long as an industry. Um, we're not much more than a century old. If you watch Downton Abbey, you, you saw that it was the domestics, you know, who were doing hair and, and families did each other's hair. And so the idea of free in our profession has always been around. It's still around. And to your point, to the consumer, I would say, yeah, you can get a free haircut. You can get free hair color from a friend, from your sister, from whoever. Um, but as you said, there's a catch and there's also a limitation. And so, you know, when you pay something, pay for something, the chances of getting really what you want, really what you need go up exponentially. And I think we're all still learning the value of paying for certain things online. And I think education, there is nothing more important. There is nothing more valuable. And I encourage everybody to consider putting a little bit of their budget aside to make that happen, to get the best education you can whenever you need it 24-7 online. It's brilliant. And so kudos to you. You're, again, once again, ahead of the curve. Well, thank you. And you know, uh, this is a good example. Um, I didn't grow up in the digital world. Um, it was sort of on my peripheral vision. And now, like everybody else, I have to embrace it. And uh, the social media platform is, as you know, time consuming. And it's not free because it requires your time and your time has, has value. Um, so I was going out to YouTube and I'm looking at these things on, you know, how do you, how do you do this on Instagram and how do you do this? Like checking out all the social platforms, trying to learn. So you get every so often someone really good and then some nitwit, like, oh my goodness, this person's a real nitwit, you know, and then <laughs> annoying to listen to. And it's like, you're wasting my time here. I kept saying, I kept this voice in the back of my head saying, Viv, you are surfing through YouTube to find out how to do it better on Instagram and you're wasting time. So Rebecca, who works for me, who runs my company, an amazing woman, she said, Viv, why don't you just go to lynda.com? And I went, okay. So I go there and there's a fee and I have, it's the best investment I have made. You know, it's like 20 plus bucks a, a month and I'm learning how to you correctly use YouTube. I'm learning the do's and don'ts of Instagram. And these people have been edited out. So it's not, um, it's professional because, because you can self-publish doesn't mean you're an expert. Mm-hmm. Because there is a lady in her bathroom teaching you how to braid and she is a consumer and maybe she does it well, but she's not an expert. And there'll be people in the electronics and cameras and whatever that be doing a tutorial that doesn't mean they're an expert. So you always have to check your source so that you are learning from the best of the best. So I'm now a student of lynda.com and I'm learning right this week. It is YouTube and I'm trying to learn about, do I really want to invest my time in that? Because to your point, my education costs money to produce. I have 800 videos on hair designer TV. They cost a lot of money to produce. And no stylist is in the salon saying, I'm going to do haircuts for free because I like to. So because I am, I, I am not an advertising model, I have to earn money, which has to come through my members. So it's really simple. It's totally honest. There's a huge investment there. And so therefore I charge, but I want to be sure that there's quality. So I'm getting to see now a shift in my behavior where I'm, I'm looking now, I want to pay because I want quality and I don't want a contradiction of, okay, so you go to Instagram and you must post three times a week and you must do this and this. And they go somewhere else. No, no, no. Post every day. <laughs> All this stuff. It's like, well, who's the expert then? Because these people are self-published. And again, no different than making a decision about what haircutting class to go take. You know, yes. there, there are those who we know are the gold standard and who have a reputation. And, you know, we can use that word of mouth and reputation to make a choice. And then there are those who are something different than that. But that choice is, is everything, you know, at least in that moment of moving the needle forward for you or perhaps sideways or even backwards because you made the choice to get the wrong education. And so what, again, what you say is, is just so powerful. I love Linda and I believe it's L-Y-N-D-A, is it not? Yeah. 
Yeah, lynda.com, which is owned, by the way, by LinkedIn now. Um, And then another kind of similar, I'll just give this a plug because I'm such a fan, is Creative Live, creativelive.com. Very similar to Linda in terms of the kind of stuff that they offer, a little bit different format, um, but great social media, great entrepreneurial education, and great classes on photography and lighting and so many things that, that many hairdressers have a passion for. So, Good for you for getting out there and and finding all that great education and helping make a point to our audience that paying for it is a good thing. Just like paying the right price for a great haircut, it matters. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I'm right now in New York um, and I'm staying in an exquisite hotel. It's called the uh, Edition, the New Edition Hotel. Everything here is five star. There's a bed in here. There is tables and chairs and lighting. Last week, the budget for me staying in a hotel with a different client was at a different point. And it was a scary, scary dump of a hotel. Still had a bed, still had lights, but the experience was night and day. And so was the price, by the way. But, you know, you everyone's looking for a deal. And yes, it's great to get a deal, of course, but there's, there's always a catch. There's always a catch. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm about quality, not quantity. And experience, again, as, as kind of a metaphor for, for hairdressing and everything that we talk, have talked about, experience is the difference between a commodity haircut regardless of, of, of the quality, because consumers have a hard time judging the work. You know, hairdressers are great at judging each other's work or, or looking at a head that someone else did and having a judgment. I find talking to my consumer friends, men and women alike, that we struggle to judge the work that you've done. Um, we tend to judge you as a human being, you as a professional, you as an expert based on the conversation you have with us, more so than the work. And even if you kind of screw us up, if we like you, we'll come back a couple more times to give you a chance. So it's it, going back to the experience and no matter what we talk about is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? A great look completes who somebody is. It doesn't compete with who they are. So I'm going to wrap up with a couple of questions, but this is a big one we can't pass on. And, and that's to talk for a moment about creativity. I mean, Naha, you know, you're a legend, you know, uh, amongst all the, the creative artists who've, who've participated in Naha. You've won so many awards. You've got the Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, and I know you have a huge passion for creativity and, and sharing about that topic. So any big ideas in terms of creativity as it relates to being in the salon every day, which for a lot of people can be challenging and sometimes they lose their, their feeling of creativity? Yes, absolutely. Well, it depends on where you are in the marketplace. But the genius today, as we've all seen, the success of people who've posted really well on Instagram is that you can put out the branding and the look that really reflects your skills and what you love to do. And you can attract them today where before you could not. Um, So an intentional soul searching look into your skill set, what you love to do, what the market is interested in seeing, its relevance, its demand, you can put that out there through Instagram. The question is, do you have the skill to be able to do that uh, eight hours a day? And I think at salon level, sometimes it's just finding 5% to make it more interesting. Could it be something interesting within the color that isn't an outrageous statement? Could it be that you're dressing the hair and you're finishing skills a little bit differently? So, Although a makeover, 100% of a change is fabulous, it's also very exhausting emotionally to take someone through a major transformation. So when you can just do a 10%, a 5% change, you you compound that throughout the year, that could be your 100% change by the end of the year. So I think think in small parcels of ideas and also the consultations, the gatekeeper to your creativity, to your technical skills and making sure that you're doing something that really 100% works for the guest because it's about them. It's not about us. Um, The other thing is have a hair hobby. Um, You know, divide, take some time, which is just for you, your your artistry, um, because 
I have to say that some of the most creative projects I've ever worked on have been the ones that didn't pay that much. And some of the most commercial projects that I've done have paid a lot of money. So, you know, even when you look at the big guys who are working with the major magazines, you, you'll look at their portfolio. There'll be more commercial work there than there will be avant-garde. The avant-garde is the icing on the cake. So you have to find those ways to be creative um, inside the, of the craft and outside of the craft, because sometimes reading a really inspirational book can just catapult you into a whole different mindset because creativity is in the mind. And as we get older, our creativity increases and creativity is like a muscle. The more you flex it, the stronger it will be. And it's keeping that curiosity of a child like, well, what if? And why not? And wow, maybe I should. Why not? And you know what? Don't give up on your mannequin heads. You know, you you work for Pivot Point. We all have our Pivot Point mannequin heads. Viola should be your friend for life. Uh, yes. If Leo was still with us, he would totally agree. I always tell hairdressers, I, I, I think that, you know, everybody should buy one mannequin a month and just work their way through it and get another one. And it's a, it's a never ending, you know, great habit to practice, practice, practice. It makes you better. Yes, absolutely. And photograph everything you do. Oh, love that. Especially, especially today, especially today, because it's so easy with the phone and with all the tools that we have. So um, I love to ask everybody uh, the question, what are you reading, listening to, viewing and or obsessing about? that you might want to share with our audience? Well, this is a bit tragic, really. I'd love to be saying I was reading a romantic novel or watching romantic movies because I am a romantic at heart. But alas, my time right now is, is, is an intense amount of work and also studying on lynda.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, that in itself is a great share. <laughs> and it's, 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 not, it's, it's a must-do, not a nice-to-do, but I know the end result will be nice. So I'm doing it because I need to. Uh, would I prefer to do doing something else? Yes, but that's what I'm focused on right now because I want to. I want to get a really intelligent handle on this because if I'm going to hire people outside to do some of this work with me, I want to know the inside out so that I know that I'm not going to either be taken advantage of, and I can talk the language at their level. Uh, and then I can then determine what I want to delegate and what I have to be responsible for. So right now, it's like the grind. And I would say nobody probably does the grind better than Vivian McKender. <laughs> so, the, uh, so tell us where people can find you online, on social, on the web. Uh, well, my Instagram is Vivian McKinder. Uh, my Facebook is uh, Vivian McKinder and Hair Designer TV. My online, my online education is Hair Designer TV. My baby. <laughs> yes, the, the, and your baby's growing up. Your baby's she, growing up. She is at long last. She's growing up. But the, the best thing of all is 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 helping people. And you've helped so many. Um, Vivian McKender, it is always such a pleasure to talk with you. You're a brilliant artist, um, a true innovator, again, founder of Hair Designer TV. Thank you so much for being with us on American Salon Stories podcast. Thank you so much, Gordon. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. And we'll be back next week with another American Salon Stories podcast. In the meantime, we hope you'll follow us on Instagram, where we are known as at American underscore salon, also at facebook.com forward slash American Salon. That's all one word. And of course, on americansalon.com, where you can also subscribe to our free newsletter, Your Daily Beauty Fix. This is American Salon publisher, Gordon Miller, and I can't wait to bring you more American Salon stories next week. Music.